Welcome to Sex Communication, a project aimed at changing how people talk about sex. It features audio recordings of sex acts, extremely frank conversations, and many confessionals. Please note that our content is explicit and uncensored. And while these episodes may indeed arouse you, the intent is to inform and inspire. Join us now for a judgment and shame-free exploration of sex. Sexy, sexy, sex stuff. Sex. Hi there, welcome to episode 53. Today I'm sharing with you an interview with Synesthesia. My gosh, she has a very, very long list of interests and activities that she engages in. She is a mother. She's a professional dominatrix. She's a squirting instructor. She's Polly. I could just keep going on and on. Um, But it's funny because with all of her kinky interests, one of the paradoxical things about her is that she's in... um, She's in a pretty vanilla relationship and has been for the last nine years with a white male. However, while he is monogamous, they have an open relationship, but, you know, even with that, she still considers it to be pretty vanilla. So we talk about all of the things that that entails, like what it's like navigating the relationship with the guy, what it's like engaging with other partners, what does she do with these other partners, um, and another thing we kind of deep dive into is what it's like being a mother, as specifically a mother to a daughter. Um, I'm endlessly curious, just being a woman myself, you know, how sexuality and openness is or is not passed down from generation to generation. So that was really kind of a just unique opportunity to pick her mind about that. Um, we talk about so many things. Like I said, she just has this endless list of things that she has experience with. And so there were many, many things to talk about. You know, I did mention she's also a squirting instructor. So I took the opportunity to pick her brain about some tips about that. So if you are also interested in becoming a squirter or perhaps making someone squirt, um, please listen in on that. This is a, a good addendum to the last episode with the sex magic and pussy whisper. Uh, actually, a fun fact, both are um, referrals from Lada. Uh, you may remember her from a couple episodes ago. So I'm going to link to both of their episodes since they are all connected. Um, yeah, what else? We just talk about so many things. We dabble a little bit into race, also a little bit into blood um, and kind of the contradiction of, you know, a lot of women have blood as a hard limit and yet we are bleeders. (laughs) It's kind of funny. Um, And actually it's something I hadn't really thought about before this interview. So that was fun to talk about too. Um, Anyway, I think there's going to be just so much for you to listen to and learn and think about. So here we go. Well, hello, Sin. Uh, it's nice to meet you over the internet, as it is. <laughs> yes, nice to meet you. So do you want to just tell me a little bit about yourself? Because it seems like you've got quite an interesting uh, professional and private life. So I'd just love to hear all about it. Sure. Um, so I am a professional dominatrix. Uh, I also have done squirt shops. Um, and lots of other fun stuff. I, um, am really kind of in the kink world and I've been in the swing world as well for about eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of out in the community, uh, fairly open to my family, uh, not so much my work, but I work with a very liberal company. So that's nice. Um, so it's, I feel like I'm, I can be myself, which is nice. Right. I've been poly for nine years polyamorous mm-hmm. um so i've had multiple lovers pretty much for the the entire time that i've discovered it <laughs> <laughs> so um so yeah i have lots of different random kinks that i'm into um that are on my profile but yeah i'm just pretty kinky i'm open to all of it and i think <laughs> um definitely experimentalist is the best label for me <laughs> yes that sounds like it. So how did you beca- like decide to become a professional dominatrix? What was that journey like? Um, so I met my girlfriend three years ago, and um, she totally, uh, I was more swing side. She was more BDSM. So uh, we both kind of have merged in these three years, and um, it's completely just kind of opened up all of that. And um I basically, because she's a masochist, Mm -hmm. she taught me how she liked to do it. Uh, So I've learned lots of fun stuff on the way, along the way. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I, I know you have a, a profile on FET and I'm trying to find it now, but I thought that I read that you're in a, what you described as a vanilla relationship. Is that yes, still yes. the so my current? vanilla relationship is uh, nine years actually. Um, but it's so funny because it's a vanilla relationship, but I basically have forced him to kind of accept me as I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he is, He's still here, and that's what I keep telling him. You obviously have to be okay with it, and not still be here. So, um, he, yeah, we have. A, it is a very vanilla relationship. Uh, he wants the the traditional relationship, um, but I actually I was with a woman when I met him, hmm. and he was just a booty call. It was FWB for actually two years. Yeah, and um, so it, it was from the beginning. I'm bisexual. You're going to have to deal with it. Like I, you know, once I chose that. Or once I decided I couldn't choose a gender, I couldn't choose a person. Right. So I refused to choose just one person, and that's where I'm at. Right. So. But you're uh, you're in a, an open relationship, though, correct? Yes. Yeah. He. Um. We're very for him. It's don't ask, don't tell. Yeah. Um. So a lot of times it'll be, you know, do you really want to know the answer to that? And um, he'll normally change the subject at that point. So he's very, you know. He's, he's wonderful. He's my maintenance man. <laughs> he does everything. It's so great because my girlfriend is my submissive. So I have my house beautiful and my laundry done. <laughs> and then I have my maintenance man that keeps everything, you know, mows the lawn and, and does everything for the house. It's absolutely the best of both worlds. It I love it. like it. Yeah, that's the perfect setup. <laughs> it is. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Something, too, that I love in your profile, like you have a kinky B&B. Yes. Yeah. So... Uh, my, I have a college child now. Um, so I've had an empty room and I was like, you know, I want to do something with it. And I want to, um, I have, I've been doing aerial silks. Yeah. So, um, I already had the hard points for rope and stuff like that. So I'm like, it's brilliant. We'll just do it. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, it's been great actually. Yeah. And then, um, I'm getting ready to open it to the actual Airbnb as well. Um, so it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a fun little ride to have people, you know, guest in and out and stuff. It'll be fun. Is this so. already kind of a, a thing though? Cause I, before coming across it in your profile, I don't, I mean, it does make sense. It, it obviously makes sense too, right? Like if you're traveling, <laughs> you would, there's a need for it. There's yeah. a kinky B&B out there. There is. Okay. Um, I, I tried to sign up for it and I was having browser issues and I just kind of gave up on it. Um, um, but I'm getting ready to open it up to an, as an official, um, Airbnb. So it's going to be nice. Yeah. On that part, but I'm still going to have the kinky, um, the kinky, you know, side to it as well. It's just going to have to be folded up and brought back out and things like that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So do you live with your vanilla partner? I do not. I live by myself. I live by myself. And I think that is the biggest thing is, and I know it's an oxymoron, but it's solo poly. I'm just, I'm a firm (laughs) believer in solo poly that you know, um, each person has their own independence and, um, you know, their own space, right? Like, I feel like the ideal would be a his and her, you know, her and her house situation, like on a block or on a, you know, out in a farm somewhere or something. Yeah. Uh, to where we all would have our own space, but could still get together like that, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm too independent to, um, and I'd lived with my daughter for years. So I literally, you know, this is really the first time I've honestly been on my own. So I'm enjoying that as well. So, so does your daughter know that you're a dominatrix? Um, so she does not know that side. She definitely knows that I'm Polly because she, you know, knows my girlfriend and my boyfriend. And, um, you know, she's met my other lovers as well. So um, there's certain, you know, uh, she's, she knows that side of it, like just that I'm weird and kinky, you know, and all of these things, but not necessarily that kinky. Right. 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 <laughs> but honestly, she wouldn't be surprised. She had a dream that I was a nudist and <laughs> no one in my family was surprised at all. So I'm just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And I'm totally a nudist too. So by the way, <laughs> so I, what is that like as a, a mother of a daughter? Do you, because I, I don't have children of my own and you know, my upbringing wasn't the, it was very tight lipped and conservative when it came to sex. So it's kind of an anomaly that I'm as kind of 
Yeah. The overshare and overly transparent person that I am, it's totally counter to what I grew up with. So did you grow up in an environment that was very uh, open and expressive sexually? And are you creating that same sort of environment for your daughter? Like what, what has the family Mm -hmm. progression been for you? Sure. That's a good question. So, um, so I was raised by a single mother for 12 years. So I had kind of, you know, men in and out of my life in that aspect. Yeah. So I had decided, you know, that I was not going to raise my daughter that way. I wanted, um, you know, I chose to be a single mom and I wanted to be a single mom. So I honestly did not date for the first 10 years of her life, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I, cause I did not want that for her. And, uh, then I kind of found my path and, Um, you know, and even as a child, my mom like would get ready. She'd always be naked. So I kind of was like used to seeing nudity, right? Like it was kind of, and I decided I wanted to raise my daughter that way that she would be comfortable enough to be naked around people in herself, you know, to be comfortable in her skin. Yeah. Right. Um, so I think that was maybe passed on generation to generation. Definitely. Um, but I was that weird mom. I was that weird mom that put books in, you know, the bathroom about squirting and <laughs> and oh my gosh, I was so that weird mom. <laughs> so I really feel bad for her in that aspect. But yeah, it's, um, I would say I'm a lot more open than my mom was definitely. Um, and you know, like even, you know, now that she's in college, I'm like, okay, I'm going to come up as long as I can bring condoms and <laughs> resources to your school right. because they're like such a tiny school. They don't have any of those. So I'm like that weird mom too. <laughs> yeah. But it's great too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So definitely. Um, I've actually, I've had her go to the clinic with me to get tested. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm very open and honest with her about all of that stuff. Yeah. And does she respond to it in like a comfortable way? I mean, how, what was her response when you started putting those kind of books in the bathroom? Um, well, and here was my thing. I was going to put it in there and they disappear. I didn't say anything or they stay there. <laughs> you know, um, they pretty much stayed there. I was the weird mom to her. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I also, you know, um, it was her and, and one of her, actually, it was more like a stepsister. They were, we had went somewhere to, you know, they had picked up condoms somewhere and they were playing with condoms and I opened the door and, and she had hit it. And I'm like, why, you know, so I'm thinking in my head, why are you hiding that? And so I'm like, oh my gosh, is that a condom? Oh my gosh, girl, let me show you. And, and I got out, I have pictures of it actually on bed. I think that <laughs> I got out a banana, I got out a walnut, I mean, that was <laughs> We had some, yeah, it was a very educational, <laughs> and I want to say they were maybe fifth grade. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Sounds about was, right. <laughs> I, yeah, like I said, I've always kind of been that. So um, I think she's definitely open in that aspect of, um, it's so funny because her, her school that she is going to right now is very, she's having reverse culture shock. Yeah. So she's a city girl. She was, you know, raised, she went to a very, very city school And now she's out in the country. And I mean, these people, she's having the complete reverse, like they're, yeah, it's like stepping back in time. So she's really trying to like change the world down there. It's adorable. And so she writes all these awesome stories about, you know, I was raised by two strong women, (laughs) strong, independent women. And I just, oh, I just, I love it. I love it. It's, it's such a compliment, right? Yeah, it definitely is. It's like, she's carrying on the legacy already. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What is the conversation like around masturbation? I mean, are you also the kind of mom that, you know, would gift your daughter with a vibrator? Yes. Um, Well, I've given her, yeah, multiple things actually, um, where it was just like, yeah, this looks good. And just kind of, like I said, set it in the bathroom um, or put it, you know, under the sink in her bathroom or something. Right. And it would disappear. Um, I had, I'd actually gotten an amazing collection. Oh my gosh. I have an amazing collection of Playboys, like classic, classic, like, oh, beautiful. (laughs) Um, and so, yeah, I just would like set them in there and, and let her, you know, um, look at them. So I wanted her to have kind of that rounded (laughs) view, right. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. She sounds like a very lucky girl. That's great to hear. I can't imagine what that would have been like for me my uh that was not my mother's story (laughs) but I think she was just more um she was a teacher so she was coming at it from a very like clinical 
you know, academic way that just really, it was, uh, yes. yeah, but, yes. but anyway, <laughs> so, but tell me, tell me more like about how you kind of develop sexually and like how, how did that evolve into doing something where sex is becoming part of like professional work for you? Sure. Um, um, Dita Von Teese, of course, just beautiful. She's, um, I actually got to see her recently and it was amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she's kind of always been an inspiration, right? Um, I got into burlesque for a little while and um, the, the Dom is just a lot more money, right? <laughs> it just made more logical sense to, um, and so, yeah, I've actually kind of um, coached some friends along the way too um, in that aspect, but uh, I think it was, you know, just that the power, right. Of just how sexy, like I'm so attracted to like that confident woman mm -hmm. and that power that they have. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's always, um, I've always, like I said, kind of like I've got kinky porn and stuff like that. So it's always, I have one actually that is like a go-to and it's just two girls, like just going at it and it's amazing. And I just, um, it's one of those things where, you know, and I can do it with either gender, right? Yeah. So, um, and my sadistic side comes out and I love it, right? So uh, in my daily life, I don't necessarily have control like I want. So, and it's so funny because as I'm losing control kind of with my daughter and, you know, her growing up, I'm gaining this control. So it's kind of a nice little you know, I feel like I'm losing it there, but I'm gaining it here. Yeah. It's a nice little, I think it's evolved that way. Right. Yeah. Definitely for me. So is it, is it tough when you're doing this as a profession being, you know, dominating someone else and then you have relationships that involve being dominant with your partner? Is it a difficult thing to navigate the line between the two? Is it a different experience when you're dominating a client versus dominating a partner? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, clients, you know, obviously are more clinical and more. Um, and uh, yeah, you just have like, you know, my girlfriend and I have been playing for three years. So you can't kind of duplicate that with a client. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's more... Um, it's more evolved on that side. Right. So, um, with the, with the clients, it's very, I mean, I have six pages of negotiations, so it's not just a, Hey, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, it, yeah, so it's, I mean, and we discuss a lot of things because I'm into a lot of things. So it's covers a lot of things. <laughs> Makes so, um, I think that's part of it too, is that, uh, you know, you'd make sure to cover all those bases so that there's no surprises. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How long does it take to be trained to be a professional dominatrix? Um, I think probably everybody's different, but for me it was about two years mm -hmm. um, after I had, you know, really played hard with her um, that I felt comfortable, right, yeah. of doing it. And, you know, I mean, in that process, it was classes on, you know, CBT and, classes on, um, you know, just everything. I mean, there's, there was hypnosis classes and all of these things. So, um, it's really been a great, like we have a great community where yeah. I'm located. Um, so I get to see really cool things and I do travel like, you know, I've gone to Ohio and, um, actually Florida, I'll be going to Florida in the near future and things like that for just kinky shit. Yeah. Just I can now. <laughs> I feel like I finally like grown up, right? Like, yeah, I can do that kind of stuff now. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So we've got a ton of stuff. Like, yeah, I have a ton of stuff that I want to do. <laughs> so, and I, I'm sorry, I sound like such a newbie with this, but I just, I'm endlessly curious about all the things that involve equipment because it's like such an investment. Like my, I'm willing I try all the things, right? And I, I think I've gotten a little too comfortable relying on other people having the equipment. So, like, walk me <laughs> through when, you know, you're transitioning into becoming a professional dominatrix and you've, you've I assume, were dabbling with domination before that. Like, mm -hmm. was it a turning point for you once it became a professional thing where, like, you really doubled down on 
investing in equipment or was it something you already had and just maybe kind of upgraded? So great story, actually. So my girlfriend, when we met three years ago, she had a bag in her car at all times. (laughs) There's no way like that's insane. So now, yes, I have like my bag with me at all times. It's a giant actual like baseball bag, (laughs) baseball yeah, like bats can fit in it. <laughs> That's much. Yeah, it's this huge thing on rollers. It's amazing how like it's evolved in three years, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so um, and that's it is it's just really, like I said, going out into the community and seeing these amazing pieces that people are making that, you know, um, and people want to make me I've had plenty of, you know, ones that are gifts as well that I really appreciate. Um, I just had a friend make me an amazing bench mm-hmm. that is wonderful for doggy style it just puts like the perfect pressure on your g-spot yeah oh Oh, it's amazing it's amazing (laughs) i'd love to hear more about that and it was funny in in college i um i took this it was an industrial design major and i took a furniture design class but wound up using it to design all of these lines of sex furniture but developed a knack for drawing people having sex like just you know imagining it and drawing these these scenes and it became furniture that either was large and volumetric and had negative space that was carved so that you would push it around people and it would then push them into certain positions. And then other furniture that was hard and linear and mimicked the line between people when they were in certain positions. So it kind of facilitated that. So almost like, like some of them were, were like predicaments, you know, like where you would bend over this and it would be the the space that would, you know, be inside a a folded over person. And then, you know, some restraint things and things like that, but like done in such a modern way that when they weren't in use, you might not even realize what they were for. So I'm I'm curious, this bench, can you describe like the profile of it and the shape of it? What is, how does it look? So it started with it, the original the original stool that I love is um, it's an actual footstool, but it has like iron on the bottom, mm-hmm. right? And then it has a box on the top that lifts up and you can put stuff in it. Yeah. Um, but it's like, I think it's what, 13 inches? It's like perfect height to hit my clit. Mm. Perfect height. Um, and then, but the problem with the footstool was that it was so short that my arms like would, you, they'd be at a weird angle. Right. So I was like, you know, if we, so, you know, I had my friend look at it and if we extend it out, then you can put your arms up here and they can be, you know, in cuffs and, you know, tied up and more bondage and things like that. So, um, yes, so it's absolutely perfect. So I, it's made more for me, (laughs) but, um, and of course it has to be, you know, the vinyl on top because I scored everywhere. So (laughs) Uh, you need like tarps and bedspreads <laughs> and towels and I mean all that shit. <laughs> so talk to me about the squirting. So well first do you subscribe to the idea that it's just urine but like a diluted form of urine or you think that it's a totally different fluid? So I think that it's a completely different fluid. Okay. Definitely. Um, now I will tell you in, in the mornings, say that if I like don't go to the bathroom, then it's going to have a strong urine, t- you know, smell. Right. Um, and that's just because it's going to be mixed in with that at that point. Right. Right. So, um, yes, girl, I have totally done my research. <laughs> it's amazing. Every woman can do it. Every man can make her do it if they know how to do it. So the key for the women is hydration. You cannot be drinking alcohol like crazy and expect to squirt. I've actually <laughs> given myself migraines from trying to squirt Aww. and being dehydrated. Yeah. Don't do that. So, and I also say for women, if they're self-conscious or whatever, do it on your own. Do it in the shower. Do it over a toilet. Whatever you need to do, you know, to be comfortable with that mess. Um, and, and if you're going to squirt, you're going to have to deal with farting in someone's face. That's <laughs> it. Like, deal with that. Be comfortable with that before you squirt with someone because that should happen. Seriously, like <laughs> it totally happens, and you have to be comfortable with it. So that's it. That's that's my uh, my short. 
the farting so, thing is a totally new. Def- I have not heard anybody else discuss this detail or divulge this information. Oh. So thank you. So I mean, yeah. is it like half the time that happens? Is it, it happen most of the time, or just like prepared oh, for yeah. the 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 possibility? Like, what what is the likelihood that you're going to fart if you squirt? Oh, that what, that both of those are going to happen? Yeah. Um, oh, it's probably, oh my gosh, I've been doing it for what, like eight years and it's maybe happened a dozen times. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so still it's good to be aware. Often. It's All not right. very often. <laughs> but, I'm worried. No, no, it's not. This, no. <laughs> but that's it. So you got to get it. You got to get it down first. Like, cause that was it. The first time I really tried to do it, I was under pressure from a guy to do it. And of course I could not do it stage fright. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, we broke up and I tried after that by myself and I fucking did it. And I have a picture on my fat profile <laughs> as well. That is like, yes, it made a little heart and everything. Like <laughs> you can do it all by yourself. It's so beautiful. <laughs> and so when you do it by yourself, are you using fingers or a specific toy? What, what are, what are your tips for doing it by sure. yourself? So for me, yes, I need combo. I need the clit stimulated and the G spot stimulated from the inside. So uh, penetration. Yes. And uh, like a Hitachi or, you know, something like that always gets it. Um, Yeah. If I'm wanting a quickie, then it's the Hitachi and like the big one. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But then. Yeah, like I have certain ones where, you know, girly stuff where you want to like aim for this ovary. So you, you know, use this toy kind of thing. But yeah, I mostly stick with the big boy. (laughs) So it's, I'm, I'm one of those people I have not squirted yet, but I have deal and I or like masturbate in a way very similar to what you're describing. I use a Hitachi on the outside and I Mm -hmm. use an insertable on the inside that sometimes I put the vibration on sometimes not, but it's about kind of like sandwiching those walls from both directions. And I feel capable. Like I feel like it should be happening. And like when the orgasms happen in that way, it's so deep and so internal. And so like, I know all of the parts are there and it's just like on the brink, but it's not happening, which is not to say the orgasms, uh, excuse me, the orgasms are not delightful because they are, you know, and I'm always like pulling out my, my dildo or the fiber or whatever it is. And like looking to see how drenched it is. Like, is this the time? And it's always like, it's always underwhelming. (laughs) Okay. So for me, I can't have the toy in for me to like squirt and see it and feel it and all of that stuff. Okay. Um, So I think that's the key for women is that they really, you know, especially at the beginning should not want anything inside. Okay. But you need that stimulation, you know, you aim for the back of the clit on the inside. So, um, so, but the, for us, you think of, you know, the Kegel muscles, right? Yeah. Um, elevator up is pushing them up. Like you're holding your pee elevator down is pushing them out. Like you're, you're pushing it out. Right. Yes. So you elevator up while you are horny. Like I could do it right now while we're talking and it's building that fluid up. Okay. Right. So you continue to drink, you continue to build that fluid up. And the more you build that fluid up, like even, you know, of course my guy after nine years, he can tell the difference of when like my fluid is built up and I need to squirt, he'll pull out and let me squirt. Hmm. So, um, so I mean, it is, it's a gland just like the guys have. Right. So I tell a guy, if you ever want to know what a typical woman's orgasm is, you, it's your orgasm with blue balls because most women (laughs) don't squirt. And that's what that, that, yeah, that kind of built up. No, no, their orgasm, it's without ejaculating. So most of them have not had an orgasm without ejaculating. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, so there's that. But, um, so elevator up, builds the fluid up. And then have you ever been fingered by a guy where it's like, you have to pee? Like you feel like you have to pee? Not yet. No. (laughs) Oh, that's so sad. (laughs) I know. I have not been with men that I feel are very skilled in the finger fucking area. Oh yeah. yeah, No. So you got to really get up there and, and, but there's, you know, you know where the G spot is. You just got to, it's like, you feel like you have to pee. And when you feel like you have to pee, you orgasm and you just let it go. You just release it. 
and let it go. Who cares if it goes across the fucking room? You just let it go, you know? So if this is a beautiful feeling. Okay. So, so in the scenario with the toys though, so you're using the interior penetration, the insertable, and you're mm-hmm. getting it all stimulated, the whole elevator up thing, you pull it out and then you, do you pull it out just before you feel like you're going to orgasm and then have the orgasm yes. with the toy out of your body? Yeah. Like you push it out, you push it out as you're squirting, you oh, push okay. it out and you basically are just holding it with your hands. So when you push it out, it doesn't squirt across the room. I yeah. see. Um, but so what you're having is you're just having the, the clitoral orgasm is all you're having. It's, but it, no, I'm, what I'm experiencing, it's definitely inside. It's like the interior okay. walls, like throbbing okay. and convulsing and, you know, yes. all of okay. that. Cause it, it's a very distinct difference in the orgasm I have that way versus, you know, like what sure. I would have like just using porn or, or whatever, just using the wand on the outside, like even using the, the toys internally, like sometimes like I can tell it's just kind of a more exterior situation, but when they're inside, that's why it's so frustrating that it, but you know, I have the toy in the whole time. So maybe it is happening and I'm just not realizing it, but I don't that know. could be, that could be. Hmm. Well, and that's really the only way that um, the guys can make the girls involuntarily is they literally have to do, it's like froggy is what it really ends up being. Yeah. <laughs> like you literally have to be um, a- aiming for the back of the clit is the only way I can, with the head of your dick, basically. Yeah. Right. So um, for guys, I'm lucky because I have some flexible ass guys that can do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, not a lot of guys can. So, um, but actually, you know, my girl can do it with her hands. So honestly, you don't have to, you know, do any of that. And, and she has no penetration. It's just clitoral, but it'll make me squirt. Hmm. So, you know, it just depends. It totally depends. Yeah. Yeah. But once you get, once you get it down, then it's, I mean, like I said, it's, it's the release for most women is just to let it go and to, you know, um, to be okay with making a mess. That's really (laughs) the biggest the biggest uh, hump for, for females, I would say. So when it first happened for you, can tell me about that. Was it a surprise? Were you trying for it? No, like I said, I was trying for it just because he, you know, he was an asshole and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to try it and I'm going to do it this time. Yeah. And yes, it was amazing. And I just kind of sat there like, oh my gosh, did that just happen? Did that <laughs> just happen? And I got up and oh my God, I got to take a picture of this. <laughs> gotta take a picture of this. I can't believe it. So yeah. And then after that, you know, I started getting books on it and just, Oh, I have so many books on it. (laughs) So yeah, like I said, I, I am that weird mom that has all that stuff out. So absolutely. Yeah, it was great. It was, um, so, but I really feel like, um, it's a completely different orgasm. So have you, have you ever had a nocturnal orgasm? No, I have had nocturnal orgasms. So not a lot of females have had that as well. Um, and then of course the anal orgasm is amazing. Mm. Um, and yeah, like I can distinguish all of them and they all feel different. So I've, uh, the squirting obviously is my favorite one, just because like I said, you can release it and you, but like you, you got to make sure you're hydrated. You'll get, you'll give yourself a headache and you know, migraines and stuff. (laughs) Yes. I've heard, I've heard porn stars drink Pedialyte before filming squirting scenes that that's the the best kind of, that is the best. Yeah, or pickle juice, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny. Yeah. So are you as open, you know, with your friends about all these things? I mean, do you have a, cir- a circle of friends that they share these interests? Is it something you talk about in, in common, like casual, common conversation? Sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, like I said, I, I was more on the swing side. She was more on the BDSM side. So we, our friends have kind of, you know, come from both sides of that. Yeah. Um, and it's funny cause we'll have, you know, we'll have, um, swing friends wanting to meet us at the BDSM club to play, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then have, have BDSM friends at the swing club wanting to play, you know, or at the, at the parties and stuff. So, um, we really, and it's, sometimes it is really hard to maneuver back to that, you know, kind of maneuvering back and forth. Um, it is hard to maneuver, Um, and also the, um, for me, you know, the vanilla because he's vanilla and then her and I are so kinky, um, that it will kind of bleed over and, um, I will start getting really bossy with him (laughs) 
especially the more clients I get, it's like, ah, oh. yeah. <laughs> you know, if they're really into CBT, you know, that kind of like once I want to do that with him and it's, yeah, it, it does kind of bleed over sometimes. <laughs> so how do you, how do you make it all work with the, your poly relationship? Is it hard for your vanilla partner? Is he participating equally on his side as you are on yours? Or it's kind of like, you both have the option, but maybe one of you is, is taking advantage of it more than the other. Oh, uh, well, he's monogamous. He's monogamous. Um, so he's just very traditional. Um, his original plan, you know, was to turn me straight Mm. with his magic dick. So, (laughs) um, that was not going to happen. And I've had basically a girlfriend the whole time. Um, and I've only shared one girl with him technically, Um, and that was years ago. Um, so we, he's kind of dabbled in it and definitely got the perks of it (laughs) in that aspect. Um, but I think, yeah, for him, he really, he does struggle with it. Um, you know, like, like I have bruises on my boobs right now that like, he's just like, I can't even stand to look at him. It's, you know, it's too much and, um, that kind of stuff. So, And then I had my roommate had like a bench in the back room, you know, like with my silks and stuff, there was a bench and he's like that thing back there. (laughs) (laughs) So um, he's obviously aware he, yeah, he just kind of is a, acts like it doesn't exist. (laughs) He doesn't want to know. I tell him. Yeah. He really doesn't. (laughs) So I imagine no kind of, you know, platonic dinners amongst multiple partners, right? Like the two of you would never be, you know, having dinner with your girlfriend all together. Um, yeah, I mean, we do occasionally. It was funny. I, I just sold my car and we, all three of us were frantically looking for my title <laughs> my in my house. It was adorable. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll get together. Um, he wants to smoke. She doesn't smoke. So it's adorable. He'll try to smoke with her and stuff. I'm like, no, honey, you know, she, she doesn't do that. Um, so it's, it's cute when they're together, they tolerate each other. Um, you know, but her and I are, are bisexual. So we have, you know, we have a BBC that we play with on the regular. That's a scheduled D appointment. So, um, that definitely helps, you know, cause we're both bisexual. So yeah. I want that as well, you know? Yeah. So, um, so, and her and I definitely have the open relationship and that's why that part's very frustrating because, you know, I can talk to her about, you know, my other playmates, you know, and, um, and it, we're just completely open to where I can't say anything to him about it. That's frustrating. Um, to where I feel like, you know, her and I, it's the true poly open relationship. Right. His, his and I is, is more of just an open relationship in that, you know, I'm doing what I want. Yeah. <laughs> But that's my thing is, you know, uh, is the, just the independence. And like I said, being able to do what you want, I'm, no one's going to own me. No one's going to, and I put that, you know, in my profile, no one will, no one will own me in that aspect. And how did you first get introduced to Polly? Did you know people that were in the lifestyle or it's something that you were just drawn to naturally? So I think I was always drawn naturally. Um, I did kind of know, uh, it's funny because I ended up dating him years later. Um, but I did know, uh, of one guy growing up, um, kind of was kinky and, um, it was an ex-girlfriend actually that was finally like, cause I, cause I had a crush on this girl for three years and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's the love of my life. We finally get together and I'm craving dick. And I'm like, I don't understand why I'm craving dick. <laughs> So my brother finally was like, girl, you're bisexual. And I'm like, okay, I'm bisexual. Like I can't just be a lesbian. I'm bisexual. Okay. And then, (laughs) and then it was, um, you know, uh, then my, my ex-girlfriend, like high school sweetheart was like, girl, you are polyamorous. You need to look this up. Like, this is what you are. Um, so it's funny having, you know, those two people in my life that are like, girl, wake up. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so it finally, yeah, that clicked. And then of course, you know, I read the ethical slut and, and all of those amazing books that are out there, um, that just really explain everything beautifully that I can't, but, (laughs) um, it's definitely hard work and a lot of communication. Like I said, that's the frustrating part with, with the vanilla, you know, is that we can't have, like, I try to have that communication and, and it's, he's not doing it. It's, it's frustrating in that aspect. Do you feel like it's going to be a deal breaker for you at some point? 
Oh, after, after nine years, <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, we're both, we're both set in our ways now that who knows what will happen. Right. Yeah. I don't think either one of us are changing. So he definitely, like I call it his man period every month. He, <laughs> he talks about marriage and living together and, you know, um, you know, we go through these cycles. So, and I hear it. Yeah. So, um, but it, so that's his frustrating part is because I refuse. I think it's hypocritical for me to be married. I just do. Yeah. And that's me. I mean, there's plenty of poly people that are married and plenty of, you know, open, you know, relationships and marriages. And But for me, I think it's hypocritical. So I won't do it. Yeah. And to back up a little bit. So your sex education when you were growing up and before you first had your own sexual experiences were they primarily at home? Was it a mix of, you know, home and maybe friends or, you know, your own exploration and research school? Like how, how did it all come together for you? Um, so for masturbation, it was definitely, I found my mom's toys. Yes. And, um, she had some dirty novels. So I started reading, um, and I was maybe, I don't remember, probably 11, something like that. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, from there, I was very, um, conservative and really did not explore, uh, until like over 18. So, um, and I was actually, it was like three months before my 19th birthday before I had sex. So, um, it was, I was always scared to get pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, that was a lot of it. And, you know, I'm, I've always been a pothead. So I think that's part of it is that, you know, I was just more into hanging out and smoking. Right. Yeah. And, um, and it's funny because once I hit my peak, then that actually makes me more horny. So that's even worse. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's the other thing, you know, that I did want to say was that um, yeah, until I was 30, I really had no idea what the hell I was doing. I mean, I think I, I literally conceived a child without ever having an orgasm with a man. I mean, that's sad to think, right? Um, So uh, once I hit 30 and like I said, I kind of started exploring the the squirting and just what what I was doing, you know, Um, because I don't think I ever really had the, I don't know, maybe the freedom or the time or the, I don't know what it was. I just never really got to understand that side of me until after 30. Yeah. Um, and it, I really hit my peak. I mean, I had two boyfriends for eight months, um, you know, and it was amazing. It was amazing. So I think that like once I hit my peak, girl, I hit my peak. <laughs> like there was no looking back. <laughs> I jumped right in. Um, so I think that was part of it, too, was that I had because I was a single mom. I was you know, I did those things that, you know, the PTA and all of those things that I, I wanted to do for her. So I felt like I could finally start getting into that side of it and just kind of like, oh, I can, you know, start figuring me out now. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I really think that is definitely like the definition of my entire journey was just, you know, that figuring me out along the way. Right. And just being exposed to all of these different things um, and loving it. Right. <laughs> yeah. You sound like a, a natural educator, much like Lada. Um, just because of, you know, your curiosity and just the way you've kind of gone after these things and like your own exploration. So I I think you did mention in the beginning though, you do squirt workshops or am I just imagining this? I have in the past. Yes. Um, I sure could definitely let me know about some events. Uh, like I said, I would love to talk more about it, especially if, you know, we get to New York, that would be amazing with the girls. So, um, something like that. Definitely. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Um, they're amazing. So I, um, yes. So normally it will be, you know, more informational depending on the location. <laughs> so do you we'll just put that little disclaimer? <laughs> so do you do all the things like that? Like any, anything education based or like even the dominatrix, are you completely independent? Do you kind of like collaborate with any, any other, uh, workers or educators or, shops or anything like that? Um, I mean, like I said, just the more the local communities here. Yeah. Um, we are not my, I mean, my girlfriend and I obviously are the ones that are more out in the community. 
Um, and so we're kind of known for all of that stuff, right? Um, it's so funny because everyone is intimidated by me when I'm actually the nice one. <laughs> <laughs> and she has brought the sadist out in me. <laughs> Um, and so everyone is really intimidated by me and I'm like, you have no idea. She's the evil one. Like I'm the nice one. I'm doing this because she wants it. <laughs> and I have to ask about this because I was so excited to see this in your profile. You're part of a furry group. Now, ah! is this something that you just, you know, like you're peripherally interested in or you have experience with furries? Like, tell me more. <laughs> so, well, no. So I do not have specific experience with furries per se, um, but I have seen them like at parties and things like that um, to wear, but not necessarily, I've not been to a furry party. And that's what the one actually um, was that I was trying to actually get to a furry party just to see what it's like. <laughs> But I don't have a, a costume because I want to do, I'm a nudist, so <laughs> it would get so hot. In yeah, I guess. <laughs> so oh. contrary. So I'm struggling with that. Maybe someone can explain it to me. I would love that. <laughs> Synesthesia, definitely someone explain it to me. <laughs> I'm curious um, about it too. I, uh, so yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I but I definitely, just... well, and I, and I was um, dating a guy that was totally into it. So mm. I was like doing all my research. So I really, I love the idea of it. Um, and I am, I'm definitely, like I said, I, you see, I'm so random on my profiles. It's one of those, like I'll be in a town, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, let's see this stuff or, you know, in a country <laughs> or whatever. And I'll start following stuff. <laughs> Yeah. So I have a lot of like random stuff in there. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so aside from more furry information, like what, what else are you looking to explore or try that you haven't dabbled in just yet? That I haven't dabbled in. Ooh. Hmm. Well, I mean, I, um, for me personally, the bondage, I really like the idea of bondage just in general. Yeah. So um, I've taken a ton of rope classes, but I'm still intimidated by it, right, to an extent to, for like suspension and things like that. Um, so I definitely think something like that of just because it's a lot, you have to, you know, the um, calculations and all of that stuff. Um, and are you, so are you looking to tie and be tied or just one or the other? Um, so for me, yeah, I, either one, um, me personally, yeah, I'm kind of digging just the bondage in general, um, of, you know, the cuffs and under the bed and things like that as yeah. well. Um, just the restriction and, you know, senses restrictions and things like that. Um, I'm totally digging at the moment. Um, but to explore, I, I've done a lot of stuff. That's the thing. Like, it's fun. I'm, like I said, I just... And, and there are certain areas, you know, certain places that you can do certain things and, you know, like fire play or needles, you know, you can only do it certain places. So yeah. um, I've been lucky to be able to see a lot of stuff like that. Right. Um, I know for me, like, like blood, just like, I want to pass out when I see blood. <laughs> so that like, I can barely, I can, like, I can watch the beginning of a needle scene and then I'm kind of like, Oh, I gotta go. I gotta go. Yeah. You know, for some people, they really like that. I dated one guy that was, you know, Oh, you're on your period. Woohoo. You know? <laughs> um, so I, I know that it's out there. Actually, I'm better with that one than maybe the needle one. <laughs> Blood is also a hard limit for me. Mm -hmm. But when you were talking about, you know, having this partner that, you know, you'd have sex when you were on your period, it never occurred to me that it's time. Right. The only time you want. <laughs> but it's kind of strange though, like because I I've talked to a lot of women that that also have that as a hard limit, but like it's kind of contradictory, you know, we bleed. So it's kind right. of funny to have that as like a <laughs> something we're not really no, into. It's silly. Right? It is. <laughs> um well, and yeah, I mean, and and that's what I tell guys like if it's not freaking me out, it shouldn't be freaking you out, right. like period, right? Um, does, mean, it, does it freak you out with your girlfriend though? Like if she's bleeding, are you less open or yeah, you're still I mean, like, we do, we'll normally take a break, but that's cause I mean, we, we play all the time. Like even for her, we'll schedule the D appointment. Like if she's getting frustrated, if she starts, uh, you know, cutting people off in traffic and getting angry with all the <laughs> people, I'm like, okay, we need to schedule a D appointment because you're getting, <laughs> you're getting frustrated. Yeah. But yeah, we'll normally because mine, it's like three days. So we'll just take like, a, you know, a little break and that's it. But 
Um, and then now for her and I, um, you know, she can do it with her hand. She can make me squirt with her hand yeah. and I can keyword her. Do you know what keywording is? I do not. Tell me. Okay. So keywording is I get to say two words and she has an orgasm. <laughs> yes. So remember that whole, um, the hypnosis class I told you about earlier, yes. she actually, she did it all on her own because she's such a good submissive. Um, she, yeah, she basically trained her body to have an orgasm when I said these two words. I love that. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that's definitely a sideshow in the community. <laughs> yeah. This is the first really, uh, that I've had the opportunity to speak to somebody about like the use of hypnosis in it, but you know, cause yeah. I've done verbal orgasm control with people, but it always, it seemed like it would be more effective if it was kind of taking that deeper step and like really there be something more strong behind it, like hypnosis. Sure. So, Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. Like our BBC, he, he asked to come and you know, we, yeah. we can tell him no. And so that's totally sexy too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is like a whole new level. Like we could be sitting at a fucking wedding and I could be like, hey, baby. Boom. <laughs> and yeah. How does the CBT come into it? And by, by CBT, I assume you're meaning cognitive behavioral therapy or a different. <laughs> um, so that's there is uh, there's that acronym, but it's also cock and ball torture. Oh, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Once you were saying it was, it, you know, being associated with hypnosis, I just assumed it was like the psychological, but that makes a lot right. more sense, especially yeah. in matrix training. <laughs> Feel a little stupid now. So, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, well, I had, you know, I dated it. Like I said, it really helps when you are dating someone that's really into this stuff, you know? Yeah. So you get to explore a lot more. Um, so I, I mean, I had a guy, he literally would slap the shit out of his dick and I'm just like, okay, let's do this and like twist the shit out of it and like tie it up in a knot. I mean, we're talking, you know, a BWC yeah. at this point. So, um, yeah, it was very show offish and, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, but he also like, you know, blunt force trauma. So I had a fucking metal pipe that I was hitting him with, you know, I mean, fuck. So it was literally one extreme to the other. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I've had clients that are really into it, too. Um, so I have, you know, there's even just the the um, the chain. I mean, just chain in general, just the feeling of it is amazing. Um, I've, I've taken a ton of classes actually too on it because, you know, you can, you can hurt some stuff down there. So <laughs> you got to do your research on yeah. it. Right. But yeah, like I said, I absolutely love all of that. I really enjoy, um, just taking hold of that whole area and doing my own thing with it. <laughs> You had mentioned that, um, that you have like a regular session with your BBC. Um, yeah. It's, it averages um, every couple of weeks, maybe. Uh, he's a busy man, so we, we work it in when we can. <laughs> <laughs> I see. So was he selected because he is Black, or that's just kind of like happenstance? Um, it was definitely happenstance of, um, you know, how we met and things like that. Like, I wasn't specifically seeking that out. Um, and it just kind of happened that he was very respectful, always had his own condoms and lube and, you know, um, just a great guy. Very, he was, we met him in the swing community. Yeah. Um, so he's very respectful on that side. Um, and we just, we've never had an issue with him. Um, and he is a beast, so he'll go forever and ever. <laughs> and so he, he pleases both of us and, um, he just is, he's wonderful like that. Yeah. Um, but I actually, I've had a relationship uh, with a African-American male and female for two and a half years in the past. Yeah. Um, so I definitely pursued it maybe in the past um, just because, you know, I kind of have vanilla white at home. Um so I definitely kind of sought that out as something different. The other thing, though, that I was curious about just hearing you say that was, I mean, it just happens to be one of those things, like when you're looking at porn, like there's not really a white category because it's just presumed that, you know, that's kind of the default for pornography. So like BBC is, is there are groups and tags and things like that on Fed and on porn and, and you know, and different things like that. But you never, there's no WBC, right? Like, I, well, I mean, maybe there is, but I've never 
it's not common <laughs> enough that that I ever hear it or encounter it. Do do you? No, yeah. I mean, I've obviously had some in just my my sexual history, um, but it it was definitely not something like I said, kind of seeking out. I've been called a size queen. Um, and I don't necessarily like, that's not a factor per se, um, for future, you know, lovers. Um, it's not like a requirement, um, but it definitely helps matters if they are well endowed. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so I definitely, I definitely go for, um, like gang bangs and it's mostly, you know, BBCs and white girls, you know, um, those are kind of my go-to's. Um, and definitely when I was in that relationship, you know, with both of them, um, it wasn't race was not necessarily a part of our play, you know, the sexual play, but um, in fantasies in my head, it would go there. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily bring it out, you know, and let them know about it or whatever. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. D- does he know that you refer to him as your, your BBC? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So I take it he has no problem with that. No, no. He's uh, he's just, yeah, he's just great like that. Um, my first hosted orgy, um, it was me. I was the only white girl. Um, and so we were playing Truth or Dare. And one of the guys asked if I only, you know, had sex with black guys. And I said, absolutely not. You know, I have my guy I've been with forever that's white. So he didn't even know about it, you know. So he just automatically assumed that I only dated black guys and that was not the case i'm like no i i like all you know i've had plenty of variety you know vietnamese and indian and latino and all of them so i i'm not necessarily specific on one way or the other you know well now you have me curious how when you've hosted your own orgy how did it wind up being all black men was that just a coincidence Uh it was more of okay who do we know that we can invite over that will be fun to play with um, and it just happened to be all black people. <laughs> so what would you say gets you off the most of all of the different types of things that you engage in and different scenarios and, and types of activity? What gets you off the most? Mm, I would say like multiples is always like my go-to for porn um, or just uh, like cream pies. Yeah. Yeah. And in real life, I'm sorry. I said, and in real life, like what's your ideal scenario? My ideal. Um, I'm I, the threesome probably is my fave. And I'm assuming two females and one male. Yeah. With our BBC. Cause he's just so wonderful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he makes it so easy. Uh, so I think that's part of it is that, you know, like that ideal of just like both genders together in that aspect. Yeah. Um, sexually, definitely. Like I want to literally be in the middle, like one at each end or, you know, I don't know. I love it. So being um, pegged and, also by the female or just having the one, one cock there. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. No, no, I've done that. Yes. And that's wonderful. That's absolutely wonderful. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's absolutely wonderful yeah um so yeah like I said I've really been adventurous I feel like I had to make up for lost time right like you know um so I just kind of dove right in and never looked back never you know worried how deep it was (laughs) where I was going so um definitely yeah I would say you know just threesome in general or um Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, probably that one. Be my thing. <laughs> or is there anything else that you wanted to discuss or talk about? No, just uh, if anybody needs a kinky B and B or a professional dominatrix, look me up on Fet Synesthesia. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. This has been delightful. I got. <laughs> so informative too and i'm going to use all of your tips your squirting tips that's right you got homework you're gonna have to report back to me (laughs) i hope like i can have positive uh you know response for you like if we do connect hopefully when you guys are in new york i'm gonna be like Mm -hmm. it's been happening every day i've succeeded that's what i want to (laughs) hear that's what i want to hear too all right that's like my best student ever (laughs) 
hope I can be there. All right. Yes, I like it. Well, thank you so thank much, you. Anastasia. <laughs> yes, All thank right. you. Thanks. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sex Communication. Did you dig it? Tell a friend. Subscribe. Leave a review on iTunes. Send an email. I really would love for you to do all of these things. And if you'd like to know more about this project, visit graphicpaint.com slash sexpodcast for additional episodes and background on how this all began. And if you'd like to be a part of this podcast, send an email to sex at graphicpaint.com. Every story and experience is valuable, so why not do an interview or submit your own filthy audio? Be a part of our revolution and help us spread the message of sexy self-acceptance.